Welcome to episode 103 of The Space in Between, and today I'm really excited to be sharing one of my dearest friends with you all, Anthony Johnson. He'll be on here in just a moment, and we're first going to get to know who Anthony Johnson is, and then we'll have a discussion. We sat and we talked a little bit about our process about um, writing a book. So he's writing a book. I'm writing a book. We thought we're accountability partners, so we thought, well, let's... um kind of check in with you all through our podcast and share what we're doing so you can give us feedback too as we go. And then if you're out there and you're sort of playing with this idea of writing a book, then perhaps we can share our experience with you, give you some tips and tools on how to go about that as we're figuring it out too, and um, empower you to go out and write your own book. So you can check in with us again. It'll be here today, but then we'll be checking in probably once a month. We were talking about doing so you can keep seeing how that goes in the next month, a couple of months. So before we get to Anthony, a couple things happening in Nomadland. We just launched our community program that is offering a number of community gatherings throughout the month. So you just missed our community gathering on Wednesday and our our first workshop on Sunday, but we have other offerings and you can join at any time and we'll be doing these every month. So Wednesdays, our second Wednesday of the month, we'll have our community gathering Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then our workshop is the third Sunday of the month. And that time will fluctuate just so that we can get more more time zones over the weekend. That's a little bit easier to play with. And then you, there's still time for January to join one of our podcast interviews. This month is with Amy Sousey. She is going to join me for a recording on January 28th. That's Thursday, January 28th from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you as a community member get to sit with us and you can sit in the recording. And then after we're done with the recording, you as a community member get to stay and interview us. So you get your own private Q&A with myself and Amy. And we'll be doing this every month with a different guest so that you get to come on and ask us your questions and you get to be the, the podcast interviewer. And that part will not be recorded. It's for our own little time and space as community to, to sit and chat. So there's so much happening in Nomadland. You can go over to nomadalwaysathome.com to find out more about this community program, all of the events. If you're not ready to be a member, you can pop in to any of these events. Um, you can just sign up for individual events. That's absolutely fine. And we're going to be offering more as we go. So I encourage you to join now because it's a really good deal. You don't get access to all of these events that are, again, $40 a month, but you also get discounts on all the other beautiful things that we offer at Nomad. Uh, My various teacher trainings, facilitator trainings, our retreats, which will be coming back up and running, I'm hoping by the end of this year. And um, lots of other things you can go find out over at nomadalwaysathome.com. And now let's go ahead and sit with Anthony. All right. I'm here with Anthony Johnson. Hi, Anthony. (laughs) Hello there. And I'm excited to have you because we know each other. We just met each other last year, and I'm going to say how in a moment but yeah and now you're like one of my best friends Um, so we met on bumble biz 
In what month was that? Uh, yeah, I'm the worst with months. Don't okay. ask me what month something was. It was I have like no early idea. Early summer-ish. Yeah, I remember we met and we sat out on a picnic bench or whatever, a bench, and we talked. And then we just developed this very. You're my one best friend in West Virginia, and we developed this strong friendship. And uh, and we were talking, and we have these amazing talks. And they said we need to record them and let other yeah. people hear them. So here we are. I know. We had a long talk on the bench that day. It was a good conversation, I remember. Yeah, we'll have to bring some of those conversations into this today. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so who is Anthony Johnson? Where are you? What's going on in your life right now in 2021? <laughs> oh, man. Who is Anthony Johnson? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a... I, I like when I describe myself, I think I like the first thing I like to say is I'm a dad. Like I'm that's because that's my that's my number one job. That's my favorite thing to be. And and that's my most important job. So yeah, I'm a dad and of two beautiful children. I am a native of Buffalo, New York. Um an Army Air Force veteran. And I am just a and I'm also a life coach and leadership consultant. So, you know, one of the ways we, you know, we connect, you know, just trying to mentor and, and help people in as many ways as possible. So I also work for Air Force as a civilian as a sexual assault response coordinator. Uh, it's a very interesting job, to say the least. Yeah. But, I mean, that's who I am in a nutshell. Unless you have any specific questions about who I am. Yeah. Well, I'm interested. I mean, some of these questions I already know, but I want everybody else to know. But how, um, because we do also have this thread of, like you said, the military. I even brought you on and you're part of the tribe board um, right. now, the board of directors. So I guess just to kind of give a little bit of background, you said you're from Buffalo, New York. And right. How did you find your way to the military? Well, I'm from Buffalo, New York, but I went to school at West Virginia University, and I had no intentions of joining the military at all. It wasn't even a thought. But my freshman year of college, I had a military science class, and I was trying to figure out how to pay for college, and this recruiter came in. I remember his name was Sergeant Jewell. He came in, and he was like, we'll pay 100% tuition, and we'll repay student loans from this past semester. And I was like, sign me up. It was really like that simple. And I remember to sign, it was after, it was September of, I enlisted September 28th of 2001, like the wow. right after the towers hit. And so just in a crazy time, and I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, okay, you're going to pay for my school? I'm in. And I was able to, I remember them sending me that check um, for a few thousand dollars to refund, you know, the loans I got that semester. And I just remember sending it right to my mom. Okay. And just um, saying, because I knew she was trying to get me loans for school. So that's how I ended up joining the military. I joined to pay for school and I ended up staying in a little bit longer than I anticipated. I, yeah, you did. You stayed in for a while. And you, yeah. and I actually didn't know the timeline of that. So when you said you were signing up, you strictly were signing up just for school. You didn't feel a calling after the, you know, 9-11 or how, was no. there any sort of story? <laughs> nope, not at all. No, and just all honesty, no, I, yeah. I, I didn't have that really gung-ho patriotism. Like I want to fight for my country. Yeah. I just wanted to alleviate some financial burden for my family. Okay. <laughs> and, and I saw the military as a means to do that. 
And not to say that I'm not patriotic and I don't love my country and all that, but it's just that wasn't my main motivation. Uh, um, You know, I joined for the for the benefits and I ended up loving it and staying in. Yeah. So then you ended up what what was it that you loved about it that that drew you to stay in for so long? Because you ended up staying for how many years? So I did a total. I ended up getting out people. give me crap for this but I did National Guard I was total 17 years wow. I just um in the guard and I got out to it was just my time to get out and and start my own business and you know I I was in 17 years but I had five more years before I could retire and due to some surgeries that I had and I was like all right it's my, it's my time now to be there for my kids uh, at a time where they were doing a lot of things. So, so yeah, I stayed. And to answer your question, what I loved about it was just, it provided me with so many other opportunities. Mm. All right, so just joining the military, meeting people from all over the place, uh, from all different backgrounds, uh, connecting. And then, you know, that there's that, there is that sense. There's a, the military has its flaws. Right, but there is that sense of just when you're in the thick of it with a diverse group of people, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter what your history is, like you're in it together. Yeah. And um that is one thing that that remains consistent about the military. Like you 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 embrace the suck together. <laughs> <laughs> embrace the suck, I like it. Yeah, that's that's not mine. That's a, that's a old-fashioned military saying. I like it. Yeah, it is. There's, I mean, I have, as you know, I haven't been in the military, but I'm around a lot of military um, community within within tribe, and I do. That's something that I feel too. Um, just you know, my connections with people is that there's this camaraderie. Com- I can't say that word. Say it for me. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know if I've heard the embrace the suck though. They haven't. They they kept that out of the yoga teacher training. (laughs) (laughs) That's all about peace and serenity. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but okay, cool. So you found your way there through just financial gain, but then you found that there was this community there, and it gave you other opportunities, as you said. And then it was just time to get out. So what was the transition? Because you said you also, you're a life coach now. So what, and you also worked as a, you still work as a civilian there. Um, right. So what was that transition like? It was a lot of, uh, it was interesting because the transition was a lot of listening to people telling me I was making a wrong choice. Mm. So, um to just just stay in five more years and you know get the benefits and get your retirement when you're I was national guard my whole career so when I got that retirement I was like sixty something so I was just like the transition was it was actually pretty peaceful for me because I was confident in my decision and and I knew what I was doing it for and I you know my kids are in activities now my son playing football baseball you know. Um, wrestling. My daughter's doing was doing gymnastics and cheerleading, and I didn't want the military to own any more of my time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, I'm a father first, 
So I, I knew that transitioning and being a life coach into something else that I love, you know, life coaching and consulting, I love that. So um, I can do, I can transition out and do the things that I love, be there for my kids and help other people through coaching. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty smooth and, and, and peaceful transition for me. Yeah, I mean, I want to say, I want to highlight that you said for me, because hearing all of these voices, you know, where this podcast is called The Space in Between, and it is, you know, kind of highlighting those transitions we have in life, um, whether they're put upon us or we're making them like you did. But even when we're making that leap, there are these kind of naysayers, these people saying, no, don't do this. Um, and you really did, you sound like you were really super clear and grounded, but could you maybe speak to that and how you got to that place for people who are maybe in that moment in time thinking now, like, I want this part of my life to start, but they have those voices, whether it's internal, external voices saying, no, don't do that. Yeah. I think the internal voice was always saying this was the right move. All right, but for for me, it it I, I struggled with it. It's still I still struggle with it okay. because I knew internally that I wanted it, but for a brief period of time, those external voices were able to become internal voices yeah. when I laid my head down at night, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, okay, I'm I'm listening to these, and it was mostly people from the older generation telling me that, all right, this is a bad like, what are you doing right yeah. now? Um, but I had to just remind myself that I've made decisions like this my whole life. Um, and I've been confident with those decisions. And I don't I don't make like rash decisions. I, I think about them for a long time and, and you know, I weigh all the, the, the pros and cons and and I know what I want. So I had to just remind myself. It was a, it was just about reminding myself that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? And trusting that this is what my heart is telling me in the moment. And I've thought it through. So just trusting that and trusting myself and nobody, my path is, my path is my path. You know, it's, it's nobody else's to tell me where I should be going. I will take that into consideration, but um, I own my choice and I was comfortable with that. That's beautiful. That really is beautiful. When you say you trust, like when you trust, like, and it sounds like you were using trust based on past experiences to build that trust muscle, but can Mm -hmm. you speak to, you know, what does trust feel like for you? How do you know? I think it comes from my values. So my decisions, a lot of times are just based on my values. I value and you know, if we're talking about the, let's, we can't even talk about my decision to enter and my decision to leave mm-hmm. was based on my value when it came to family, mm-hmm. right? And taking care of family and myself. And so my, my choice to enter was, all right, I didn't want, I wanted to relieve some financial burden for my family and myself. And the choice to leave was based on my, my, my family values mm-hmm. is I want to be there for my kids, for all their events and for anything I want. I was coaching, you know, um, my son's football team, just things like that. So if I, if I know that if I'm living my values and I'm making choices based on that, then I'm making the right choice. Mm-hmm. And I, gotta, I just got to trust that. So, so that's, that's what I mean when I say that. And, and even if I, and, and, and knowing that I'm going, knowing that I'm not going to regret it, 
right? I'm not going to look back on it. And even if I say, you know, even if the future comes, I'm like, you know what, maybe I could have did that differently. But I, in the moment, it was right. Yeah. Um, and who knows if I would did differently, it would have turned out bad. Like, I don't know. I yeah. trust it in the moment. Yeah. Nice. And so you transitioned just in terms of your, your career into a civilian as a SARC. Mm-hmm. And then where did the coaching come into play in the... So... I have a lot of, uh, in my job, I have a lot of closed door conversations with people. So, and I often find myself, not just in my job, even before that, um, even, you know, with my circle of friends and um, just people coming to me and asking for my input. And I, for some reason, I, you know, people like that get my input. I'm constantly getting input from you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't, you know, and, and you know, just trying to be humble about that. I feel like, but, I felt like it was something I was good at. Yeah. I had being able to analyze a situation. A lot of people would come, come into my office with questions unrelated to my job, just about life, yeah. and, like, and just wanted to talk. I feel like I'm a good listener. I'm, uh, I'm listening without judgment as much as I can, and, and you know, being very self-aware if, if that does seep in, and being able to exclude it from my feedback and to, that I give to people, and, and just I listen. Yeah, and I, and people enjoy my perspective. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should. I could make some money doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so let me do this for a living. It's something I love to do. I would have done it for free, right? They they say people say that million dollar questions. What would you do if money wasn't an wasn't you know a factor? Yeah. Right? Like I would wouldn't mind sitting and coaching people and helping yeah. them progress in their lives. And I yeah. love that. So and if I can pay to do it, let's go. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I will, I will speak to that. There's definitely, you are definitely a confidant. You, you are, you know how to hold space for people and do just come with really, um, clear, concise questions that get right to the root of it. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm kind of talking around in circles, you go right into that question. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's where we're at. Okay. Well, I mean, what, what are we wasting time for? Yeah, <laughs> you get to it, and then it it gets you right to the root of it, and you can't escape it, and it's right there. And, but you don't do it in a way that it's like an attack. Yeah, you do it in this really just direct, like I said, clear, concise way. Um, that I think it's been it's definitely beneficial to me. I can imagine that it's beneficial to your clients and to the other people in your life that you help. But um, I, I, I enjoy that. <laughs> and so- I'm glad you enjoy it. I, and thank you. I think my clients do benefit from it. And, you know, I'm curious, well, I'm curious before we move on. I'm curious now. Are we, we going to be just talking about me? Like, you not, like we, didn't, we, can't, we can't just continue this whole conversation. You asking me questions because we need to know about we need to know about you, too. This is a, this, this podcast is about us, actually. I know. You're so genius. uncomfortable getting me to ask questions about you but no I mean I feel like we need people to know who Anthony Johnson is and um yeah I mean we have a conversation we can have a conversation I feel like people know now so um yeah we're here we've arrived in the conversation piece (laughs) we have arrived I um you know because you know we're here and I don't know if we were revealing the shit why exactly we're doing this podcast Mm -hmm. um but we're we both are embarking on this journey of being authors. Yes. And so we want to talk about how 
how that's going in our process. And it's also a way, a good way to hold each other accountable. Yes. And, um, cause we were trying, that's what we were trying to figure out. We we're like, how are we going to hold each other accountable in our journey and, and being authors? Yeah. And this is a really great way. And I'm glad we're doing it this way. So, so let's turn the tables for a second. Oh no. And, and, and I'm going to pose the same question to you. You got, and you, your listeners may have, may already know. So I guess you can tell us what, you want us to know about who Phoebe is right now at this at this point in time in your life. Oh my gosh, who's Phoebe Leona in January 2021? Yes. Um she's definitely in a period of transformation and she's not quite sure what she is yet. Um mm. but I feel that at the root of it, who I am at the root of it is the same. It's just maybe some of the external things are shifting around. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've always been a teacher at heart, um, in some way, shape or form, a teacher, mentor, whatever that label is. It's, it's being able to teach from my experiences, whether it's my personal experiences or what I've learned in terms of education with my dancing, with teaching Pilates and yoga. And now I'm diving more and more into understanding somatic practices for healing and, and I also feel that I'm, I am more what I'm tapping into right now, even more so is the healing aspect of, of and this is what my book is really giving me light um, here and, and hoping to turn the light on for other people is that we all have this kind of quote unquote healer within us. Uh, we all have these healing abilities within us. And how, how can we reclaim this intuition of, of knowing what's within ourselves, these gifts that we, that we have of, you know, being clairvoyant or clair um, audio or, or all these different clair gifts. Yeah. Um, but we, I think we turn them off at some point. And I, and my book is really about my story of how it turned out. I felt like it was a curse. You know, I felt like I had this strong intuition mm-hmm. Um, as a child, that I was really connected to my my body, and I was receiving messages and, and the energy that was in the physical space that I was in, and the people that was I was sharing the space, and it it was scary at times. So I felt like it was a curse. These gifts that I could feel so deeply was actually a curse. And so who I am right now is discovering that these curses aren't gifts. And how to embody them for myself, but then also to empower other people to embody their own gifts. Mm, awesome. Like, so we're going to be, you know, like I said, I know you have an audience already for your podcast. We're going to be, you know, I'm going to be inviting my audience into your space as well. So they're in my, my small little group of people who listen to anything I have to say. Yes. So but for those people who don't know you, let's. Tell me a little bit about how you got to doing what you do, a little bit about your journey and how you got there. Okay. Wow. I wasn't expecting this, but yeah. Um, so in terms of just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of my professional kind of story, uh, I was mm-hmm. always a, a dancer from the age of actually was dancing before I was walking as my mom says I was in the jolly jolly jumper or something like that moving around and uh so and I took that path as a as a career you know I went to New York City I was a professional performing dancer and I was also a teacher 
um, of dance in college. I started teaching dance in uh, um, university. Well, I was taking school at University of the Arts, but I taught at um, the the ballet company there in, in Pennsylvania Ballet in Philadelphia. So I taught there. And then I moved on to New York City and was a performer and dancer. And, you know, I was really tired of also supplementing that with waitressing. So I um, started to teach Pilates because I was Mm. using that as my own rehab uh, for my injuries. And then I found my way to yoga, which was also healing my physical body, but also spiritually and kind of helping me detangle some thought patterns that I had. Um, you know, cause dance is very, I, the more that I'm learning and connecting with the military community, I'm seeing the parallels of the dance, yeah. <laughs> the dance community. Cause it's so, it is, it's very disciplined. It's very militant. It's very abusive in a lot of ways. I mean, there is this, mm-hmm. um, connection with your fellow dancers, but they're also, um, they're also your competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to a, a room full of 200 other girls that look just like you and were just as talented, if not more, or they're wearing a cuter leotard that day. (laughs) Like that's really what it comes down to or like how their hair, I mean, that's what we tell ourselves. And so there were a lot of negative thought patterns that came from that lifestyle. And then also my personal, um, you know, childhood upbringing too. And so that's how I found my way to yoga. And then that became my career was teaching yoga and then the dance sort of shed away in terms of teaching it and performing just because I'm also older now. I'm 43. Um, and But I found my way back to dance through my new movement practice, Movement 109, where it's this very organic movement. And sometimes we move to music that looks like dance, as I tell people who are scared of dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was able to. I learned some new things about you and that little spiel you just gave about you, how you got there. So that's cool. Um, yeah. I love hearing hearing those things. So on that journey, yeah. Right. So how did now you like I said we're both embarking upon this journey of being authors, and you know we talked about it a little bit before we got on here about. You asked me, okay, what did my transition look like coming out of the guard into civilian life? So since we're doing this book thing, what is, where did you get to a point where you're like, okay, I want to be an author. Is that something you already, you, you knew, or it was just like, okay, this is it. It it hit you one day. What did, what did that look like? Oh, and we're going to ask you this question too in a minute. Um, You know, I had never thought that I was an author. Um, I'm still kind of playing with that idea. (laughs) I don't know if I'll believe it until I see the actual book. Um, But, you know, I but I've always been a writer. Uh, I've always written and I've always kept a journal. Uh, Just like dance has always been something that's just been very much my therapy in a lot of ways in, in my childhood, like the dance and writing in my journal were my therapies. So I had that get, I had that to lean into, but then also my aunt is an author. She writes, um, young adult, uh, uh, books and, and she, and I actually kind of inspired her first book when I was in high school, I was living in Texas with my grandmother and her, her, my grandmother's sister, 
uh, was a, was a na- um, not sorry. It was an army officer, uh, army okay. nurse rather, an army nurse in World War II. And so, and she, I think she retired as, um, not Colonel, but Sergeant Colonel, Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so she still lived in San Antonio. And so one of my projects was I interviewed her for, for a project and I, I had her and her, her friend, Alice, who was also an army nurse. And so I, you know, I wrote my little report, but my aunt, my aunt was actually really intrigued by this project and these interviews that I had recorded with, it was like my first podcast, <laughs> if you think about it, back yeah. in the early 90s. <laughs> um, and she listened to all of them. And then she started to do her own research on these army nurses in World War II, and she wrote her first book. And so I got to see her transition of, of writing because she always wanted to be a writer, but kind of seeing the, the technical side of it, but also her emotional journey through it. Um, and so I was inspired by it, but I never really thought, oh, Phoebe is going to write a book until just this past, um, I guess it was five years ago, four or five years ago when I, mm-hmm. I felt possessed to write my story. And it was really just my own therapy of kind of detangling myself from my childhood and then my marriage that was that I had gone through a divorce and my dad dying at the same time. And so it was really just therapy and I didn't really have an intention to publish it. Um, And so now I'm kind of revisiting some of that work and looking at how can I help others through my story. Yeah, that's cool. I just feel called to do it. So that's, that's what it is. Hmm. How about you? What possessed you to write and call yourself an author? Well, you know, you said that when I asked you about that, you said, well, I'm not, you know, I don't know if I necessarily see myself as an author right now, but I've always been a writer. I don't know if I could say the same, the same for myself that necessarily I've always been a writer uh, or either one. I just, and I come from a neighborhood of limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, and just an upbringing of limiting beliefs, so I never, this wasn't something that I always knew I wanted to do. Um, I used to write a lot of poetry, and I was good at that, and I thought, you know, that, st- that stuff came from the heart, and I was like, okay, maybe I could, I, I thought about actually putting that stuff into a book. But it, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the same as actually writing a book. I felt like that was not something that was within my grasp, actually writing until, you know, just time went on and I evolved and I, and I learned more. And, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I want to get my message out to the people, you know, to whoever's interested in reading it, to whoever wants to hear it, to, and it's like, you know, it's like I've done a lot of instructing and and workshops um, through the military and my and my um, business, and I always say, you know, it really doesn't matter. I take the same approach with my with this book that if it impacts a small group of people, then it was worth it. Mm-hmm. No matter who cared what I had to say, maybe it doesn't go mainstream, or maybe um, you know. It's not a New York Times bestseller, 
<laughs> but if it impacts a small group of people, that it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And that I got to get my story out there and, and you know, it would be a part of my legacy. So, so that's where I'm at right now with that. So I'm going to go with it and I'm going to try not to judge myself too harshly in the process. I love that. I get, yeah, I appreciate hearing that too from, cause I feel like, um, well, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We'll talk about it later, but I, I what I do want to ask you is what, what is your book about? What, what are your, what's your intention for this? Um, so I'm still, um, you know, playing with the subtitle, but the title of the book is, you know, your adversity is your advantage. And, you know, through some things that, you know, maybe we'll get into at some point um, that I've experienced in my life, I really believe this to be true with the right perspective. And so I want to talk, I want to walk through, you know, my journey of having to come to that realization mm-hmm. and and the tools that I've used and, and stories from my life that have helped me realize that that the things that I saw at the time was really hurting me or detrimental to my life, that it was happening to build me and to create, you know, into this person that I am becoming, I have become and am becoming, you know. So if I look at it, like I said, if I look at it from the right perspective and and I I make good of those situations. So I want to share that message. I I think it's important. I love that. And you have a specific audience, correct? I mean, I guess you could say that. Um, so, you know, my when I when I went to um, write this book, uh, originally my audience was going to be, I wanted it to be geared towards, um, you know, young kids, like high school age kids, you know, for the most part. And because I feel like that's a time in your life where, you can, unless you're unless you're just a, more advanced than kids your age, that you can only really see past your nose. Like you can't you can't even see past that past that point. You're like you all the things that are affecting you, you, you. It's like everything is so serious, all right. Everything is the end of the world, and and you can't see. You can't. It's hard to be compassionate for other people at that at that stage of your life. Yeah, because you're like you're just like all this stuff is happening to me, especially if bad things are happening. You're like, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? And you, you just have very minimal perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and if if I could have grasped that concept at that age, or even a little bit, just thinking of how how impactful it would have been uh, for my growth at the time. And you know, it's like the saying, you know, you like people used to say when you're a parent, you want to give your kids the, everything that you never have, but but the real goal is to teach them all the lessons that you never learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to pretty much the goal here, to give kids lessons that I didn't learn at that age. Yeah. Can you <laughs> speak to maybe one of those lessons? One of those lessons. Let me think. Um, you put me on the spot with that one. I know. 
We're diving right into it. Um, I would say the one that I want to share is that, man. <laughs> you just blanked on everything. That really, that really, that really stumped me because, you know, I had, all, I was actually, I had all these, these lessons written down and I'm like, okay, well, which one would I share? I mean, you shared a lot of great lessons with me that I think are going into the book. Um, I can suggest one, but. You can suggest one? <laughs> <laughs> the well the the one the one one that I will share, the first one that came to my mind, so I'll share it yeah. since it was the first that came okay. to my mind. Cool. Is that being very aware of where you place blame. Mm. Right. So especially at that age, and at any stage of your life. Yeah. Being very aware of who you blame for your circumstances. Because you know, when I was a kid, you know, I wanted to blame, I wanted to blame everybody. It was everybody's fault. Yeah. Why things and bad things were happening. And that's, at, there's a point in your life, you know, getting people to understand that there's a point in your life where, yeah, you are a victim of circumstance. You're a child. You have no, you, you have no control over certain things that are happening in your life. Uh, you just kind of adults are managing things. Yeah. But at some point you cross a threshold of, of being a victim of circumstance and then where you have to take control of your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that point is different for everyone. Yeah. But, and I, and I, and I, and I think that there's a lot of people who get past that threshold wherever it occurs for them in their life, but they still want to place blame on their circumstances for where they continue to end up. Yeah. So, so at some point you got to own it. All right. You just got to be like, all right, nobody else is responsible for me except for me. And yeah, things that happened in my life were kind of crappy, but I actually, I do have a choice in the matter. I have a choice at how I move forward, how I manage it and what I choose to do about it. Yeah. So, um, if you are grown, especially <laughs> I blame in, mom and dad or or whatever circumstances you're in like take take some responsibility yeah i think that that is so true especially this particular lesson that you're talking about is where you put blame is is there is this moment in time and like you said it's different for everybody where it is like oh this is happening to me this is happening to me oh wait i could actually you realize oh wait i have a choice here but we, some of us don't recognize that because we just keep playing. That groove becomes so deep. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like 43 years old, still blaming, you know, mm. whoever in your past, mom, dad, brother, sister. Um, and yeah, that groove is so deep. So yeah. Do you kind of, it's like, sorry, no go, no, go ahead. I was like, my angel, I was, when you talking about the threshold and I was saying, I don't know where it is, but I would know that, you know, at some point in your adult life that I would say it's when you know better, right? When you have the awareness and when you, you have the knowledge of it, okay. right? To, of a certain cir- circumstance. That's like my Angelo that saying, you know, when you know better, you gotta do better. Okay. Um, like I was paraphrasing that, but That's get okay. it. Right. So 
when you know better, you got to do better. And, and that's that threshold. Um, and sometimes it just say, you know, you can be ignorant to that, but you got to be proactive in seeking out that type of knowledge too. Yeah. So are you envisioning, cause you're still working on it. Um, like kind of the, we were talking the other day on our walk about your outline for each chapter. I'm curious to know, you're going to talk about this lesson and then are you going to look at ways that you can kind of shift the perspective and it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to to be, I'm going to be talking because, you know, one of the, um, one of the chapters is going to be about perspective. Okay. So there's a whole chapter dedicated to the book about shifting perspective and, and how you, and tips to be able to, to do that um, and how you do it. Because, because a lot of times people say they, people will give you these lessons, this step-by-step here, you need to do this, 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 and this, this. And yeah, if you, if you've done those things in your life and you practice them consistently, it's easy for you to say because you've been doing them and you have your practices and your techniques and all your tools, but to the person who's reading or maybe hearing it for the first time, they're like, okay, I hear you, but how do I do that? (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was going to say is, yeah, it can be, it can be a lot easier said than done. If this is a completely new perspective Mm -hmm. to just, Um, yeah, if you're waking up saying, you know, been blaming mom, dad, or whoever for your whole life to read your book and say, oh yeah, I'm going to just stop blaming people and take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what are people going to get from your book? Good question. Because um, I'm still asking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I it morphed into first of all just sharing my story because I I felt that it was as I said before is very healing. But as I was sharing it through my business, Nomad. Um, you know, through my teaching of yoga and through the various other teachings and mentoring that I was doing, people were really connecting with it. So I thought, oh, maybe I just need to share my story to let people kind of just through my story, see their story. So it wasn't so direct as what you're doing here. You're kind of, it sounds like more or less you're addressing uh, different lessons and kind of showing a way to go to it, right? Directly to it. That's just how you are. You're very direct. And I was more, mine was more of an expansive kind of awareness of here's my story, but how can you find your story within it? And and just this past, actually, thanks to you, this past month or so, you recommended a book to me. And I went right away, you know, to Barnes and Noble and I got it. And it shifts a little bit of my format to something similar to yours in that I'm going to share my story, but then I am going to kind of flip it on the reader of how do you, how do you do this? But I'm looking at through the body, right? You're kind of looking at it in your, in how you're relating, relating to life out here externally and with people. Mm-hmm. And I am too, but I'm using the way in through the body. So how yeah. do you experience anger? How do you experience fear in your body? How do, how does it not only manifest in your body, but how do you then from that express it or bury it, right? How do you, um, and then what kind of stories are showing up for you? These different grooves of anger or fear or um, what other things do I have there? I'm trying to remember, um, you know, being 
being offering yourself, right? That fear of, of giving yourself to somebody else, right? Or doing something that you love just for the sake of love, right? Um, so how does that feel in your body when fear kind of sets in? How can you tap into curiosity? So I'm looking at different aspects of how we experience emotions in our body and then how maybe there's negative patterns from that and then how there's also positive and and to hold both yeah to hold both because I think something that I'm also working through too in my own studies is we can't just say this is wrong and this is right right there's so many different shades in between and and how can we hold right anger isn't bad Right. I felt I was grown up to and I said this to you before we got on um, on the podcast today was I was scared of anger because I witnessed anger and it wasn't safe. And then I expressed it a couple of times as a child and it wasn't safe for me or for the other people around me. So I, I buried it. And and so to know that there is a space, a time and space for anger and there's a healthy way to express it. In, in our lives, in our bodies, and that is not harmful to people, right? So it's not bad, but let's let's yeah. do this in a more healthy way, right? So kind of looking at the negative, um, you know, emotions that we have that are labeled as negative, they're not negative, and how to embrace them and then give them an expression that feels safe, um, that feels like it's moving in more of a productive way, right? It's... It, so that's kind of where I'm going right now. <laughs> we'll see what that's, happens. That's awesome, though. I like the way you put that when you talked about, you know, things not being good or bad. Um, I think that, you know, because there's some things that aren't so obvious, like anger is maybe one of the ones that are maybe obvious that people say, OK, you, no reason to get angry. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, but who am I to say what, you, what, what there's a reason to be angry about and and I and I think and I've been uh, guilty of this with certain emotions of saying, you know, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Mm. I like I shouldn't be upset about this. Or I shouldn't be sad about this or, you know, like it's not a bad thing if I instead of just acknowledging that I actually am sad. Yeah. And OK, now what am I going to do with that? Um, instead of like trying to convince myself that I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, I think that'll be that is going to be really beneficial to a lot of people. I think Cause you, yeah. you said you're, you're gonna you're gonna show you're actually like like we talked about you're gonna show people how to to recognize those things and 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 what they're how it feels in their body and what to do with it. Yeah, I, that's my intention. <laughs> <That's> your, <laughs> you're definitely gonna do that. You're definitely gonna do that. I am doing um, that. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that what we should do is sell our book like like a as a bundle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could work really well. <laughs> we're we're definitely going to be um, like I said, you have a friend of me forever, so we're going to be super supportive of each other through this process. And like I'm, you know, going to be one of your biggest fans, and I'm I'm excited to see what we both come up with. I am too. Um, and to this journey to that final product. Um, and then talking about that process with each other. You know, yeah. do you feel like 
you know, you said you, you're still, when you, one of the first things you said, you was like, okay, you know, this idea of being an author, you know, I don't know if I'm coming to grips with that. Um, what, how do you transition out of that? How do you, like, when you, when you say, like, you start writing, you're like, okay, how do you overcome those barriers of those, maybe those limiting beliefs of you necessarily being an author? Um, that's when I text you and go, what am I doing? <laughs> how many, how many words did you write today, Anthony? <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my resources is you through this for sure. Um, I'm going to ask you, like, where are you in that process? Um, on my process of writing? Of, of kind of coming to terms with you being an author. You know what? Uh, I've decided that I've decided that I am right. That okay. um, just I'm I'm not going down that road again of not okay. believing that I'm not an author. Right? I've already started writing, so you know what? I'm an author, and at some point, this is going to be complete. Like right? That. And whether it's whether somebody thinks it's trash or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm still gonna be. I'm still an author. I'm still gonna have a book. And I'm still, it's going to add value to at least one person's life. Yeah. Um, if Even if that life is mine, because I, I saw something to the end. But, um, you know, and I just, and I have, but I do have to remind myself that because I think you can, you can see that you may not, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and it's like, okay, remind myself that this is a one day at a time. Even as cliche as that sounds, all right, this is this is one day at a time, 120 words at a time. We're like, what, you know, just yeah. if I keep getting, a, you know, 120 words or whatever, however many words you want to get in a day, that eventually this will be a complete product. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm going to get there. And, and, and so are you. Yeah. And when you were just speaking, I was thinking about your kids too, because as you said, your first, your first role is dad. And I'm just thinking, okay, maybe they're not at the age where they're going to be reading it yet, but for them to see, actually hold your book, I was just kind of visualizing them holding your book and kind of putting that together. Like, Oh, daddy wrote this book. Um, Mm -hmm. that'll be really exciting for, for all of you, I'm sure. And yeah. when they, and then that's something that they can read when they come to that age. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's motivation in itself. You know, you got, yeah. you got to, you got to find and just being realistic and transparent here. Like, you know, people say you got to find your why, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, my kids are my why for why I do most things in my life. But that's not always, it's not always enough to get you up and get you going. Yeah. Just the idea of that. It's just not always, it's not, it doesn't always get you fired up. Yeah. Or me, per, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. Right. Of course, I love my kids. Of course, I want them to have a, a good future. Um, but it's not, it doesn't always get fun, fling me out of bed in the morning to get it, get up and get going. Yeah. You know, you got to find it from, you got to find it in other places. Sometimes you just got to, and sometimes you just got to suck it up, right? Suck the embrace. 
embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. Embrace. 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 <laughs> that is that is not how that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. I mean, just kidding. <laughs> I am not editing that out. <laughs> Good. There's no reason to. Right. So. I keep in all my imperfections. Man. And that's what this is about. That's what this whole process is about. And, and the authenticity of of what we do is important. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, embrace the suck. You're not going to feel like writing. You're not going to feel like, you know, taking notes and making outlines and, you know, yeah. editing. And uh, you're not going to feel like it some days. How have um, you hit? Have you hit some of those walls? Yeah, absolutely. And what is absolutely. that? Yeah. So, what is that looking like for you when you hit those walls? Um, I think you you have to have is it's looking like me being very um, at the same time finding a balance of being hard on myself and being compassionate with myself. Mm-hmm. So, because too, I can't have too much compassion and be like, oh, it's okay. You don't feel like it today. I know it's been, you've had a rough month and COVID and, you know, mm-hmm. and because then I allow myself to sink into this space where I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, and where being compassionate and then feeling you sink into a level where you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're like you're like you deserve to just be a slob (laughs) i know you didn't i don't i don't subscribe to that way of thinking (laughs) you just but here's one of the tricks that i've uh, i'm gonna give you know i'm gonna talk about this in a book but i'm gonna talk about it now real a little bit yeah one of the things that works for me is allowing myself to be everything that I am every day, mm. right? So, a lot because it, it it brings me it, it it gives me everything that I need. So, and when I say allow myself to be everything that I am, yeah. if I'm sad, if I'm tired, I give myself time to be that, okay. but I don't stay there. Okay. All right. So if I if I'm waking up, if I wake up and I feel sad about something. Just give myself time to be sad. Yeah. And like talk, work through it, journal about it. Okay, now let's move on to the next thing. All right. Give myself space to be a dad. Yeah. All right. And be intentional about doing some dad stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all those things. Just allow myself to be everything that I am. And, and, that, and that helps me. That's, that's wonderful. I am curious to know those days, like you said, you're sad or whatever Mm. it is that you're, maybe you will call it as a negative feeling that you Mm. don't want to be in. Do you like, how do you give yourself time? Are you literally like, okay, 20 minute timer. Let me just feel what I'm feeling. Or how do you get yourself to go to the next thing? Um, I don't really set a time or anything like that. I just, like I'm I've been in my body long enough to know, right? Like it's about it's about see that that's not as simple as an answer can can give, I think, because yeah. like it's more about just knowing myself. And right, there's a lot of steps to doing that. 
Like there's a, there, there may be a lot of steps that somebody needs to get to before they can truly know themselves. All right. So like if I'm so if I say I want to get up at six o'clock and I'm in bed and I'm like and I've got stuff on my mind and I and my alarm goes off and I don't want to get out of bed at six o'clock because I'm just I feel overwhelmed with something. I'm like, I'm just gonna give myself a little bit of time to lay here. Yeah. All right. And and I'm not gonna ignore it. Um I'm not gonna just like hop on like, you know, I'm not sad. I'm you know, whatever. I'm just gonna keep moving. No, I don't I don't wanna do that to myself because eventually that builds up for me. Yeah. So I just I just lay there if I wanna and and you know, if I'm feeling like it's that it's a day for that. Yeah. And and then I think through whatever whatever I'm thinking through. And then I get up and go, right? Because, um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think the time limit is is the key factor for me. I think it's just not bypassing it, not like suppressing it. Yeah. So as you're speaking, I am thinking this. Our our books are bundles because I feel like you are so yeah. self aware. You have had, um, you know, I think the military training was probably helped you in the space of kind of just like, okay, keep moving, but also honoring where you're at. Um, as a father, I think, I mean, I don't really know what your journey is, but I'm just kind of seeing the little bit. I know I could see those influences. Yeah. Uh, but then I could, we could use my book to help people who aren't quite self-aware yet. Like what does this feel like in your body? What does sadness feel like in my body? When am I going to get to know that, Oh, this is going into the danger zone. And, yeah. and then we pass it off to you and go, here we go. Let's ship shape. Keep moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, I like that I like way of thinking. It. We didn't even plan that. But yeah, everybody listening, you're going to be buying both of our books. Yeah, they come together. You need them first. both. Yeah, read them both. Read mine first to then Anthony's. <laughs> they're both necessary. Yeah, well, they're both necessary, but I'll help you with the self-awareness. He's going to help you like take it into action out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I do, I really want us to keep checking in. I mean, we are already doing this via text, but I want us to kind of be accountable here in the podcast and share our process with each other and with everybody out there, because one, there might be somebody who it, you know, it might res somebody might be more res, you know, resonating with what, how your approach is or versus mine and vice versa. Um, yeah. how they can dive into these practices. But then there also might be somebody out there who wants to write and doesn't consider them an author, like we're yeah. also contemplating with, and maybe we can empower somebody to share what they need to bring to light. Right. So, um, yeah, I am excited to see where it, all of it goes for the two of us and for all of yeah. us. Everybody who's listening is on the journey with us now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm not the best at expressing excitement in my face, but it's in here. I'm super excited about it. I know you are. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want us to know right now? We're going to have you back soon, but is there anything that you want to share that you feel like we didn't get to tonight? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, uh, you know, yeah, some good questions, and and we talked through a lot of things. Um, everybody doesn't need to know my whole life story right now. Oh, um, we'll get no, it. Maybe. We're getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I just I appreciate um, 
you know, you're just creating a space and, um, and, you know, facilitating this conversation this way. I think it's, it's, it's good to, even for the things that you may be aware of at the time, or, or you may be aware of just in general to bring them back to the surface. Yeah. And, and it's always, it's always helpful for me. And I, I appreciate that. I do too. I, pre- I, I for sure appreciate you just as a human being, but also for these conversations that we're, we're having here now. Um, I think that, like I said before, I think that every time I speak with you, whether it's something that I'm going through or just being in the creative process, you do, you just know how to go right there, direct, concise. And, um, and then it gives me 500 other ideas. And then I go in and kind of back into my little hurt, you know, my little cave here and, mm. and keep working. So thank you for that, for inspiring me and, um, inspiring me to just be also a better person too, because you've definitely, um, bring that out in me. So thank you for that on a personal level. Yeah. Thank you. That film was mutual. You definitely give me some like pretty good nuggets of, of information and, uh, and had me thinking about things in a different way. And I'm like, ah, oh, uh-huh. that's good. <laughs> I don't have the same brain. People are going to benefit from your book big time. I'm excited to share your book with the world. And um, yeah, my mom has said that many times that my brain is different from everybody else's. <laughs> I'm going to see that as a good thing. So hey, Yeah, you got to share that. It's yeah. a gift. Yeah. Oh, well, good. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. We're going to have you back soon. And, um, yeah, well, and, oh, how do people get in touch with you? How do they, if you're in social media or how, how do they, you have a website I know. So I do have a website, um, you know, I do have a website, but I use my social media more than I use my website. Um, you know, my, my business and my is, you know, it's continuous journey LLC. So, uh, that's my website, continuous journey LLC.com. You can reach me there do you know i do free consultations and um but my instagram is aunt johnson 02 that's my instagram you can reach out to me either one of those platforms and aunt, i will respond aunt johnson 02 mm-hmm. all right yes ma'am like yes ma'am it. i mean i already knew that because i follow you and i just like the picture <laughs> of yours before i got on here <laughs> i like it it was talking mm. about who are you becoming, which, you know, I have a course called Who Are You Becoming? So I, yeah. I, I wanted to like extra like it, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Yes, yes. And so now you know why Anthony Johnson is one of my dearest friends. I'm so grateful I got to share him with you all here today. And we're going to be back together here um, maybe like once a month or so, just checking in, seeing how our progress goes, sharing anything that we can share with you for those of you who are out there who are interested in what we're offering, but also for those of you who are also curious about maybe writing your own book, we'll share the ins and outs as much as we can as we go along. 
And we have a couple more things happening in Nomadland before I say goodbye from Nomadland. As I mentioned at the start of this, we have now officially launched our community program. So it's only $40 a month. You get access to all of our monthly gatherings, as well as discounts on our retreats, facilitator trainings, teacher trainings, and the courses over at Teachable. You'll get access to... Um, yeah, to a course. So one of these courses being my course, Who Are You Becoming? This is incorporating my Movement 109 practice that I shared a little bit with you all today in my talk with Anthony. And we dive in deep. It's a six-week self-paced course that you can go on your own. And who are we becoming? This is a question we're all asking ourselves during these uncertain times. So now is the time to go within and discover the world you want to create. Now is the time to make the choice of changing the old paradigms and patterns that that have been holding you back from being the fullest, most joyful you that you are meant to be. During these six-week series, dive into the deep, beautiful waters of you, and remember again, the world that is just beneath the surface is waiting for you to claim it. Become who you are meant to be. So looking at this really weird world of reality, right? How can we look beneath that? How can we find the truth of you amongst all of the what is here now? Yeah. So if you're curious to see what is beyond here in this reality, go ahead over and sign up. We have a free trial that you can try, but then you can dive into the six-week course. All right, that's all for now, my friends. I will talk to you soon.